Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, Chapter 9, Part 1 And I slept and dreamed again, and saw the same two pilgrims going down the mountains along the highway towards the city. Now a little below these mountains, on the left hand, lieth the country of conceit, from which country there comes into the way in which the pilgrims walked a little crooked lane. Here, therefore, they met with a very brisk lad that came out of that country, and his name was Ignorance. So Christian asked him from what parts he came, and whither he was going. Sir, I was born in the country that lieth off there, a little on the left hand, and I am going to the celestial city. But how do you think, asked Christian, to get in at the gate? For you may find some difficulty there. As other good people do, said he. Christian replied, But what have you to show at that gate, that the gate should be opened to you? I know my Lord's will, said Ignorance, and have been a good liver. I pay every man his own. I pray, fast, pay tithes, and give alms, and have left my country for whither I am going. But thou camest not in at the wicked gate, said Christian, that is at the head of this way. Thou camest in hither through that same crooked lane. And therefore I fear, however thou mayest think of thyself, when the reckoning day shall come, thou wilt have laid to thy charge that thou art a thief and a robber, instead of getting admittance into the city. Gentlemen, said Ignorance, ye be utter strangers to me. I know you not. Be content to follow the religion of your country, and I will follow the religion of mine. I hope all will be well. And as for the gate that you talk of, all the world knows that is a great way off of our country. I cannot think that any man in all our parts doth so much as know the way to it, nor need they matter whether they do or no, since we have, as you see, a fine, pleasant green lane that comes down from our country, the next way into the way. When Christian saw that the man was wise in his own conceit, he said to Hopeful whisperingly, there is more hope of a fool than of him, Proverbs 26.12, and said, Moreover, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith to every one that he is a fool. Ecclesiastes 10.3 What, shall we talk farther with him, or outgo him at present, and so leave him to think of what he hath heard already, and then stop again for him afterwards, and see if by degrees we can do any good to him? Then said Hopeful, Let ignorance a little while now muse on what is said, and let him not refuse good counsel to embrace, lest he remain still ignorant of what's the chiefest gain. God saith, Those that no understanding have, although he made them, them he will not save. Hopeful further added, It is not good, I think, to say so to him all at once. Let us pass him by, if you will and talk to him anon, even as he is able to bear it. So they both went on, and ignorance he came after. Now when they had passed him a little way, they entered into a very dark lane, where they met a man whom seven devils had bound with seven strong cords, and were carrying him back to the door that they saw on the side of the hill. Matthew 12.45, Proverbs 5.22. 
Now good Christian began to tremble, and so did hopeful his companion. Yet as the devils led away the man, Christian looked to see if he knew him, and he thought it might be one turnaway that dwelt in the town of apostasy. But he did not perfectly see his face, for he did hang his head like a thief that is found. But being gone past, Hopeful looked after him and espied on his back a paper with this inscription, Wanton Professor and Damnable Apostate. Then said Christian to his fellow, Now I call to remembrance that which was told me of a thing that happened to a good man hereabout. The name of the man was Little Faith, but a good man, and he dwelt in the town of Sincere. The thing was this, at the entering in at this passage, there comes down from Broadway Gate a lane, called Dead Man's Lane, so called because of the murders that are commonly done there. And this little faith, going on pilgrimage as we do now, chanced to sit down there and sleep. Now there happened at that time to come down the lane from Broadway Gate three sturdy rogues, and their names were Faintheart, Mistrust, and Guilt. Three brothers, and they, espying little faith where he was, came galloping up with speed. Now the good man was just awaked from his sleep, and was getting up to go on his journey. So they came up all to him, and with threatening language bid him stand. At this, little faith looked as white as a sheet, and had neither power to fight nor fly. Then said Faintheart, Deliver thy purse. But he making no haste to do it, for he was loath to lose his money. Mistrust ran up to him, and thrusting his hand into his pocket, pulled out thence a bag of silver. Then he cried out, Thieves! Thieves! With that guilt, with a great club that was in his hand, struck Little Faith on the head, and with that blow felled him flat to the ground, where he lay bleeding as one that would bleed to death. All this while the thieves stood by, but at last they hearing that some were upon the road, and fearing lest it should be one great grace, that dwells in the town of good confidence, they betook themselves to their heels, and left this good man to shift for himself. Now after a while, little faith came to himself, and getting up, made shift to scramble on his way. This was the story. But did they take from him all that ever he had? asked Hopeful. No, replied Christian. The place where his jewels were they never ransacked, so those he kept still. But as I was told, the good man was much afflicted for his loss for the thieves got most of his spending money. That which they got not, as I said, were jewels. Also, he had a little odd money left, but scarce enough to bring him to his journey's end. Nay, if I was not misinformed, he was forced to beg as he went to keep himself alive, for his jewels he might not sell. But beg and do what he could, he went, as we say, with many a hungry belly the most part of the rest of the way. 1 Peter 4.18 but is it not a wonder they got not from him his certificate? asked Hopeful, by which he was to receive his admittance at the celestial gate? It is a wonder, replied Christian. But they got not that, though they missed it not through any good cunning of his. For he, being dismayed by their coming upon him, had neither power nor skill to hide anything. So it was more by good providence than by his endeavor that they missed of that good thing. 2 Timothy 1, 12-14, 2 Peter 2, 9. But it must needs be a comfort to him, said Hopeful, that they got not this jewel from him. Christian replied, It might have been great comfort to him, had he used it as he should, 
But they that told me the story said that he made but little use of it all the rest of the way, and that because of the dismay that he had in their taking away his money. Indeed, he forgot it a great part of the rest of his journey. And besides, when at any time it came into his mind, and he began to be comforted therewith, then would fresh thoughts of his loss come again upon him, and these thoughts would swallow up all. Alas, said Hopeful, poor man, this could not but be a great grief to him. Grief, replied Christian. Aye, a grief indeed. Would it not have been so to any of us, had we been used as he, to be robbed and wounded too, and that in a strange place as he was? It is a wonder he did not die with grief, poor heart. I was told that he scattered almost all the rest of the way with nothing but doleful and bitter complaints, telling also to all that overtook him, or that he overtook in the way as he went, where he was robbed and how, who they were that did it, and what he had lost, how he was wounded, and that he hardly escaped with life. Then said Hopeful, But it is a wonder that his necessity did not put him upon selling or pawning some of his jewels, that he might have wherewith to relieve himself in his journey. Thou talkest like one upon whose head is the shell to this very day, said Christian. For what should he pawn them? Or to whom should he sell them? In all that country where he was robbed, his jewels were not accounted of, nor did he want that relief which could from thence be administered to him. Besides, had his jewels been missing at the gate of the celestial city, he had, and that he knew well enough, been excluded from an inheritance there, and that would have been worse to him than the appearance and villainy of ten thousand thieves. Why art thou so tart, my brother? said Hopeful. Esau sold his birthright, and that for a mess of pottage, Hebrews 12.16, and that birthright was his greatest jewel, and if he, why might not little faith do so too? Esau did sell his birthright indeed, said Christian, and so do many besides, and by so doing exclude themselves from the chief blessing, as also that caitiff did. But you must put a difference betwixt Esau and little faith, and also betwixt their estates. Esau's birthright was typical, but Little Faith's jewels were not so. Esau's belly was his god, but Little Faith's belly was not so. Esau's want lay in his fleshy appetite. Little Faith's did not so. Besides, Esau could see no further than to the fulfilling of his lusts. For I am at the point to die, said he, and what good will this birthright do me? Genesis 25.32 But Little Faith though it was his lot to have but a little faith, was by his little faith kept from such extravagances, and made to see and prize his jewels more than to sell them, as Esau did his birthright. You read not anywhere that Esau had faith. No, not so much as a little. Therefore no marvel, where the flesh only bears sway, as it will in that man where no faith is to resist, if he sells his birthright and his soul and all, and that to the devil of hell, for it is with such as it is with the ass, who in her occasion cannot be turned away. Jeremiah 2.24 When their minds are set upon their lusts, they will have them, whatever the cost. But little faith was of another temper. His mind was on things divine. His livelihood was upon things that were spiritual, and from above. Therefore, to what end should he that is of such a temper sell his jewels, had there been any that would have bought them, 
to fill his mind with empty things? Will a man give a penny to fill his belly with hay? Or can you persuade the turtle dove to live upon carrion like the crow? Though faithless ones can, for carnal lusts, pawn or mortgage or sell what they have, and themselves outright to boot, yet they that have faith, saving faith, though but a little of it, cannot do so. Here, therefore, my brother, is thy mistake. I acknowledge it, said Hopeful, but yet your severe reflection had almost made me angry. Why, said Christian, I did but compare thee to some of the birds that are of the brisker sort, who will run to and fro in untrodden paths with the shell upon their heads. But pass by that, and consider the matter under debate, and all shall be well betwixt thee and me. But, Christian, these three fellows, I am persuaded in my heart, are but a company of cowards. Would they have run else, think you, as they did, at the noise of one that was coming on the road? Why did not Little Faith pluck up a greater heart? He might, methinks, have stood one brush with them, and have yielded when there had been no remedy. That they are cowards, replied Christian. Many have said, but few have found it so in the time of trial. As for a great heart, Little Faith had none. And I perceive by thee, my brother, hadst thou been the man concerned, thou art but for a brush, and then to yield. And verily, since this is the height of thy stomach now, there at a distance from us, should they appear to thee as they did to him, they might put thee to second thoughts. But consider again, that they are but journeymen thieves. They serve under the king of the bottomless pit, who, if need be, will come to their aid himself. And his voice is as the roaring of a lion. 1 Peter 5.8 I myself have been engaged as this little faith was, and I found it a terrible thing. These three villains set upon me, and I beginning like a Christian to resist, they gave but a call, and in came their master. I would, as the saying is, have given my life for a penny, but that, as God would have it, I was clothed with armor of proof. I, and yet, though I was so harnessed, I found it hard work to quit myself like a man. No man can tell what in that combat attends us, but he that hath been in the battle himself. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.